three, two, one. Welcome to the Mix Zone by Infront Lab. On this podcast, we chat with sports and innovation leaders from around the globe, talking about everything from the newest technologies to major trends affecting our industry. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're Infront Lab, the innovation branch of Infront Sports and Media. We use technology to improve experiences and create new opportunities in sports, and help sports and entertainment organizations by bringing them closer to cutting-edge technologies and startups. We cover all sports-related industries, from data to content and everything in between. I'm Rav Sevier, Marketing Manager at The Lab and host of this podcast. Believe it or not, the FIFA World Cup is just eight months away. It feels as if a lifetime has passed since the last celebration of football on the world's greatest stage back in 2018. And if you think about it, enough has changed for a lifetime. From in-venue experiences to TV and digital viewing experiences, and of course, our lives have changed due to the pandemic. With just eight months to go, it's time we start getting excited and start preparing. To do so, we're welcoming William Kennedy, social media manager for FIFA, who's part of the team in charge of running the social pages for the FIFA World Cup. William, thank you for joining the Mix Zone. It's a pleasure to be here. Before we start talking about the World Cup and your preparations, tell us about yourself and how you came to run the social media pages. Well, it's a team effort. It's not just me. Um, but it's funny you mentioned uh, 2018. In 2018, for Russia, I was a fan. I didn't even work in the sports industry. So I experienced that World Cup. Well, that experience for me was completely different to what I think this experience is going to be uh, in 2022. A lot has changed in your life over the past four years. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So be- before 2018, I, I kind of, well, at, at 2018, I, w- I worked in the advertising industry. Um, I worked um, helping brands kind of increase their presence on social media and, and helping right fit their campaigns so they could uh, fit kind of to social audiences. Uh, in 2018, I kind of had a little bit of um, or kind of an introduction to the sports industry. A lot of uh, the brands I worked on um, had kind of sports sponsorships activations and I started moving into that side and I thought this is super cool. Um, it's much fun, funner being at a, um, a sporting event instead of sat in the office. So I quickly started looking for, for jobs in the, in the kind of sports industry market and that kind of took me to Switzerland uh, to a place called Infront, which you know we know very well. Uh, and I, w- I was there for two years and, and, and kind of helped across a, a number of different portfolios trying to improve their digital expertise. Um, and then... Uh, the opportunity at FIFA came up, and obviously, as a massive football fan, um, it seemed it seemed like a, a kind of a, a dream gig. So I couldn't really turn that down, and and here I am uh, at FIFA, yeah, part of the team running these channels. It seems as if everything you've done has kind of helped you get to this point. Also, for talking about advertising, working with brands, that is a huge part of working in sports. Also, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's quite funny. I, I used to do a lot of. Um, uh advertising for for kind of fmcg goods so like crisps alcohol and and like chocolate and stuff like that and people really don't care what they have to say (laughs) so having a kind of uh, like a a football environment or a sporting environment where fans are actually passionate about what you want to say on social media makes makes your life a lot easier so yeah it's taught me to to really kind of cut out the noise when we're we're kind of making content and, and try and focus on the stuff 
and trying to bring those principles from the advertising marketing background into the sports background. Um, again, as, as people now, sports clubs are giving much more access to their players and, and help, helping you cut through the noises is one of those key things. So, uh, yeah, it's super interesting. So what's the experience been like so far for you working for FIFA? Well, I, to be honest, I joined FIFA because I thought, right, there's a World Cup every four years. So that means three years of relaxing and one year of, of really hard. I was completely wrong about that. FIFA have a lot of tournaments that I didn't realise, which all need to be serviced. Um, so, yeah, lots of work, lots of planning. I, I thought I thought it was going to be relaxing. I was completely wrong, <laughs> completely wrong. Well, we'll put those other tournaments aside, at least for now, because mm-hmm. we'll get to all the other content that's around. But, you know, as we said, the World Cup is eight months away. It seems like a long time, but for us, it really isn't. It's going to sneak up on us and, you know, people working content and all of a sudden it's going to be tomorrow. What are the months leading up to the World Cup look like in terms for the social media and content so, teams? The World Cup obviously starts in November. Um, we have a lot of events before that promoting it. So we have the draw, which is in April, which is probably the first big key milestone for people uh, when it gets back onto people's radars and kind of the general population, I guess. Um, it's funny, you say it's eight months away. We've been planning since I started in 2020. Uh, so two years ago, I remember going into my first meeting and we were discussing plans about the World Cup and it kind of blew my mind. What do you start talking about two years ahead? I mean, there's basics that we need to do. We need to, we know we need to cover the the live kind of experience and, and kind of get all that stuff. Um, obviously, formats and, and platforms and whatever change we see, TikTok has come massively into, into play. These kind of really didn't exist. Well, TikTok definitely didn't exist in Russia 2018. Uh, I think TikTok launched um, during the Women's World Cup, but there hasn't been a Men's World Cup on TikTok yet. So super exciting um, and these things keep on popping up so spaces on twitter and, and clubhouse or whatever well, clubhouse came and kind of went so there was there was a lot of um a lot of planning for stuff and and our plans are constantly changing it's just making sure we're on top of all those kind of latest trends um obviously we have the basic stuff we know which is going to do do well so anything out of the match feed um but yeah just making sure that we're kind of staying on top of those trends and and keeping an eye and, and making sure our our production capabilities is, is nimble enough to, to change around at short notice. You say, you know, you know, thing, you have the things that you know are going to work in terms of, you know, all the live games and all the content that's coming out of live games, but there's so much more than just that. And you can't really prepare for that ahead of time. So what are those elements that you are preparing for? Yeah. So obviously you have the live feed um, that we can cut out of, which, uh, which makes great content. That's what we're there for. That's what, a lot of people pay a lot of money for. So that's our kind of uh, our gold tiers kind of stuff. What we are trying to work on and, and what I kind of wanted and what I thought was missing in, in kind of Russia 2018 uh, was that kind of exclusive access. So getting closer to the players, different types of filming by the side of the pitch. You've seen kind of different uses of cameras and different tech in, in kind of the NFL, that, that really super high, high definition camera, which blurs out the background with a soft focus. Um, so all these things are starting to crop up. I mean, we're trying to integrate ourselves into the teams a lot more that are going to be attending at FIFA. We have crazy amount of access and we need to use that in the right way. Um, there's lots of opportunities of, of, of kind of, uh, of the teams, uh, the kind of behind the scenes stuff, um, is going to be massive and trying to make sure we get the, we're going to capture loads of stuff. And basically it's again, as I go back to kind of cutting out this noise, how do we make the stuff that we capture into something good and, and, and kind of relatable to our, to our audiences. Another area that we're, we're really looking to, to kind of improve on is, 
we're starting to see the rise of this kind of, it, well, it is being filmed on a mobile phone, but action from the side of the pitch filmed on a mobile phone. It makes, for me, I think it's, it's very authentic. It makes it feel like your friend's there. They've taken a picture of it or they filmed it for you and then sent it to you. And we're going to try and, or we're trying to bring that experience to, to the, this World Cup. It's, it's been quite fun trying to do that and, and get approval and sign off. <laughs> How do you do that? Is that, you know, is there some sort of technology that you can use to do that? Are you going to be are you putting FIFA employees in the stands to kind of capture those moments? How does that come about? So we're going to have uh, production crews at each stadium. Um, they're going to be filming everything on mobile phones. We're, we're trying to really push this mobile first uh, footage. We're finding that uh, on social media, people seem to consume and, and relate to content a lot more that it, if they can kind of create it themselves, these highly polished pieces on certain platforms and, and surfaces are don't really work well because you can tell it's not being made in the platform. Um, we're trying to get uh, content creators on board as well to kind of bring their kind of creativity to things. Uh, and and basically, you, I want users when they're scrolling through their, their news feeds or, or their, their kind of roles to see stuff that looks like it was made by one of their friends or looks like it was made by one of their favorite content creators. And I think that's going to be the biggest challenge because Obviously, at FIFA, there's it's quite a traditional organisation, uh, and uh, as it is, it's a it's a federation. So, trying to get people on board and 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 trying to and trying to show that the people higher up in 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 the business what this what this kind of adds and the value that it adds, um, it's been quite an interesting journey. Um, but people are people are slowly getting it, and and it, it's really good to see. We use the kind of smaller events. Uh, to test all these stuff so we had the arab cup last year uh, in qatar um, uh, and that was a real big learning experience for us so making sure we knew what positions we could be on at the side of the pitch the access with teams obviously the pandemic caused a few issues because obviously there's coronavirus protocols and we can't be too close to players if we are masking up and all this kind of stuff um so all been great learnings um and it's been it's been a real good success we, we're finding that that kind of mobile phone content shot at the side of the pitch is outperforming stuff um which you wouldn't expect like the, t- the typical shot on a tv feed on certain platforms you've touched on a couple of things that i want to talk about so i'm going to try and break it down and remember Sorry. everything that you have mentioned <laughs> First, going back to what you talked about, gaining more access, getting more access to players. A lot of this has to do with changing fan preferences. As you mentioned, it's constantly changing. Everything has changed since Russia in 2018. There was no TikTok. Now, if you're not on TikTok, you're not relevant anymore, even in the sports world. So what are those changes that you've seen in fan preferences that are pushing you to do more things, such as what you had just mentioned, getting closer to teams and players, putting um, production crews in the stands in order to give that other type of feel. What are these bigger trends that you're seeing? Yeah, I mean, you've mentioned quite a few of them there. I think what really drives um, the industry along, or especially what we're doing in kind of uh, digital content is what others are doing. So as soon as F1 or whatever, put a camera on a helmet and you expect that to see what that is in football, what the equivalent is. So the other other industries and or other sporting federations, when they do something cool, everyone's like, well, if they can do it, why aren't FIFA doing it? Or why aren't UEFA doing it? So I think we spur each other on quite a bit and it's the, it's the first to drive uh, and the first to jump. And then once you see one, you see, all, all of a sudden you see, see other people uh, start doing it. And we kind of want to try and lead that. Or if we see something you like, try and make it even better. Um, it, it, it's quite it's quite tough, but yeah, access is is the main thing. I mean, at FIFA, we've always had crews with the teams because they, they produce the 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 typical film that they do for each tournament. It's just making sure that we integrate a digital person into that production crew that can help 
uh, and get that kind of digital first um, content. So that's the that's the big. There's obviously thirty odd teams at, at this World Cup, so that's a lot of crews, a lot of digital producers and content creators that we have to get through and and uh, get them onboarded and making sure they don't kind of break the rules as well. And in that sense, how do you keep track of everything? You know, we're talking about hours and hours worth of content that is being filmed, that can be created, that can be shared with dozens of different content creators, as you had said. How do you, what do your workflows look like or what will they look like in the sense of keeping everything together and making sure everything does come to light as you want it to? Being extremely organised, I guess, is the main thing, um, which is which is hard for someone who's pretty unorganised. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. We have quite a rigorous, um, we got quite a rigorous kind of screening process in terms of the content we get people to tag it. We're, we're quite picky on what we do. Like I said, we can't publish everything we we capture because. Yeah, it, it, there's not enough time in the day to create the edits and, and get them out. I think people would get bored. So we might have 400 clips. We might use two, um, and it's just relying on the the kind of content creators and, and the people that are filming it to to notice those kind of moments they think work, highlight them, send them back to an edit suite, and and we can get someone with a kind of editorial mindset to look at it and see how they can spin it. Um, the plans for the World Cup are going to be quite interesting. Obviously, we have our channels that we look after, but we also create content for broadcasters. Um, so obviously a broadcaster from Israel would be way more interested in some other content compared to a broadcaster from the UK. So while we might only use one bit on our channels, we'll still have to make the two bits of the two different teams or whatever and send them back to those broadcasters. So there's quite a few different workflows running uh, in perpendicular. I guess the, the World Cup channels are going to be the best of the best, um, where we'll still have to make everything for, for the kind of broadcasters that are coming on, on online. Are there any technologies that you're using to help you out throughout this process in terms of not only creating and editing the content, but also sharing it with broadcasters and other partners? May they be sponsors of brands that you are working with? Yeah, so we have um, a few uh, pieces of tech in place. Um, what they're called, I don't really know. I just know what we call them. I think a lot of them are custom-built solutions for FIFA because it's quite a, uh, an interesting um well, I guess a unique type of of, of concept. Uh, so a lot of them have been custom built, but basically we have a, a kind of a, an interface where we upload all our content and broadcasters will be able to pick and download it in the, in the right aspect ratios, the files we have kind of suggested captions, the kind of editorial theme. So someone from the BBC could be like, oh, that makes sense. This is Harry Kane training and they can then pull it into their own kind of interface and then download and, and upload to their channels. Um, for us, uh, as we, we publish a lot less, it's going to be probably not that much, not that optimized. We're going to look through that, that social media interface ourselves and, and kind of find the best bits and, and really make sure we share the highest uh, quality of content. You mentioned the fact that someone in Israel would want to see something different than someone, say, in Switzerland uh, in terms of the broadcasters. That stands true, uh, if not more so, for fans. And FIFA has you know, millions and hundreds of millions of fans globally. How do you keep up with, if we're talking about fan preferences, not only in terms of um, how they watch the games, but the language that they're getting the games and when they're getting in, making sure that someone from Brazil is getting the highlights that they want to watch. How does FIFA go about doing that on their social channels? 
It's uh, it's interesting. It's a it's a it's a problem that we've we're trying to sort out, or not trying to sort out. We're we're figuring it out ourselves. It's a lot of test and learning, as especially now everything is becoming way more global. The kind of approach that we're taking at the moment is trying to make things as as language agnostic as possible. So when it comes to content, we just kind of try and stay away from language at all. I mean, football kind of does the talking, I guess, when it comes to like the match feed. Um, and then when it comes to stuff where we need people to talk to camera, um, we just try and go with the, the language that they, they're using. Uh, normally, if it's a Brazilian chatting in Portuguese, it will be applicable to, to their kind of market. And then if we need to sub it, we'll subtitle it in English. Um, we do have obviously certain language channels on, on certain platforms. So obviously some of that content will be uh, made specifically for that. But in general, it's just, we're trying to go for as much language agnostic stuff as possible. How do you familiarize yourself with these different fan bases to, to better understand them and to better understand what type of content to create for your channels in Brazil, for channels in the UK? So we have a, a pretty global team, which is handy. Um, uh, we've got a team that spans a couple of, or more than a couple of continents. We have people based in Asia, South America, North America, Europe. Um, we And we're looking to onboard people in, in kind of... Uh, and Arab speaking territories as well for this World Cup as, as we're starting to get a little bit more localized with the content. Um, yeah, I mean, having that knowledge from them is helpful because I remember trying to produce a global uh, piece of content for the global channels um, for Christmas. And it was, it was just a, a fun bit of Christmas content. I think we were putting Christmas themed stuff with motion graphics onto players and we put um, some reindeer horns on a South American player. And the South American in the team flag that that's actually a really offensive thing to do in South America. It means something completely different to what we were doing. So, yeah, we have to do a lot of uh, a lot of cross checks and, and having people from all these different regions and different cultures is, is super helpful because one thing that is innocuous to someone in another country is completely offensive in another thing. And as FIFA, as a government body, we don't want to offend people. We want to we want to keep it neutral. So. So maybe you're bringing me into my next question, which is what is the biggest challenge in understanding these different fan bases and catering to these different fan bases? I think it's, for me, I mean, I'm a football fan. I like football content. So the content just has to be strong. I mean, that's where we start off is, is, is our kind of starting point. A good football story is a good football story. It doesn't matter if you're, you're based in Switzerland or Brazil, if you like it and it's cool, you should, you, you will be watching it. So I think that's the, the kind of priority we take. I think that the, the content and the creativity kind of trumps everything um, because we, we are of the approach that if it's cool enough, people will like it. So, so how do you make sure that you have the time for that? Because we're talking also about hours of game footage and game highlights. How do you make sure that all that gets done and you will have time to continue creating this type of more engaging, in-depth, personalized content? It's a lot of time, yeah. Um, we split the team. Uh, we have a lot of team, I guess, focused on original production. So that falls under the content creators. We put a lot of trust into our content creators that, that we, we want to bring on. We hire them because they have a skill um, and we want to kind of use that skill. We don't want to make them too FIFAized, as I, as I call it. I want them to, they've been hired because of what they bring uh, to the, the platform or to their platforms. Um, and then we have people that are based more based on on the kind of archive side. So kind of looking at that. And, and what we found is that the rise of um, yeah, platforms like TikTok and, and formats such as Reels is that people aren't looking for a kind of straight lift TV feed experience. They're looking for angles that you, you wouldn't see 
on a broadcast thing. So we're, we're cutting angles together, different angles, and and it, it looks really fun. It looks really cool. It, it looks completely different to what you'd get on a on a TV or even in a one by one um, kind of square. So it's it's quite interesting. That demand has, has obviously made it way more difficult for us where you used to be able to just clip stuff up just right size it maybe track the ball a little bit that kind of seems to be disappearing as fans want more so yeah a, a lot of editing um and a lot of creative editing is, is going into our edits so we have to really really this is what i was trying to say start kind of cut through the noise and that's what's helped me from my advertising background is finding bits that actually make are uh, impactful instead of just like oh yeah that's a goal that would be cool but how do we make it even better um, and, and trying to find those moments that, that really help and that angle. And maybe an angle of a fan crying is better than the actual goal and that will do more. So it's it's trying to identify those editorial moments and, and then just kind of executing them in a really fun way. And, you know, those angles of the fan crying can go both ways, whether it's for the team that scored or the team that was scored on. It tells a story exactly. from both different locations. Now, do you have any tricks up your sleeves as, as FIFA for engaging fans from all over the world in terms of the content that you're producing? Um, I wouldn't really say tricks. I mean, there's we, we see things that perform well in the archive when we are not the archive on platforms when we when we look at uh, other other federations accounts so we're constantly monitoring what what other people are doing um there's certain formats that seem to get prioritized in the algorithm algorithms i always find that word hard to say um and we then we, we see that we see oh that's driving thing how can we adapt it to ourselves how can we how can we kind of take advantage so I, I think that's probably the best thing we always want to keep our, our audience as engaged as possible because when we drop content that might not be what they're used to it gives it the biggest chance for eyeballs and, and stuff like that so I guess a lot of desk research, a lot of looking at Instagram, a lot of looking at Facebook, a lot of looking at TikTok and seeing what's what's there uh, and what's performing well and just being quick and reacting to, to changes as well. It's just we work in a nimble kind of environment. Um, whilst we are planning quite a lot, I think short term we can be quite flexible. Um, and that's what I keep on trying to say to the guys that we work with. Like if we see something cool, let's try and do it. Let's try and get it out that day. Let's try and jump on it and make sure we can turn it around super quick. Um, and I think that's the, uh, I think that's the key. And, and you said you tried out some of these things in the different smaller competitions that you have leading up to the world cup. What are some specific things that you've tried out and the reactions you've had from Fran, from fans, positive or negative that are helping you build your plan for the world cup? So to be honest, most of it's been quite positive, uh, which is great. I mean, more access to players is, 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 is what people want. I think it's always always going to be access is always going to be is going to be easy well it's, it's an easy win right because you get to see stuff that you've never seen before or from an angle that you've never seen before so that's what those small competitions were for um it's easier because the, the, the kind of protection around the ip allows us to do more and be a little bit more flexible obviously the world cup is all about protecting that footage where something like the beach soccer world cup we can promote it a lot more i guess is how i kind of frame it to, to everyone um and yeah I, I i haven't really seen any negative footage i mean who doesn't like football content <laughs> whether it's on the beach or in qatar during the arab cup it's 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 quite fun and you as william kennedy preparing for the world cup what's exciting you most about what you're going to be doing 
think uh, a World Cup in in Qatar. I, I think it's going to be crazy. A Winter World Cup. I'd, it's it's quite an interesting uh, proposition. Um, as someone that's been well, a European football fan, I guess, and based, it, it's it's not something that we're used to having to break our leagues and going and, and kind of playing there. But for the rest of the world, it's actually their natural break in their competition. It's it's quite funny, and that's what I've learned at, at kind of FIFA is that football isn't just Europe it's all the other confederations and they're all as equal as each other so yeah I mean it, it's completely changed my perspective uh, of stuff but yeah I think that's the most exciting thing Qatar is a, a really cool city uh, we were there for, for a month in in um, in December last year and uh, yeah I had a really good time it, they've got a lot to show off the stadiums are awesome they're, they're super modern they're incredible um, so yeah super excited for it any secrets you can share with us about the stadiums and experiences in terms of, you know, being super modern and the tech that fans who are arriving or maybe fans who are watching are going to experience for the first time? I loved the how they've kind of stayed true to their architectural kind of, you see a lot of Qatari architecture. One of the, uh, the stadiums is like an old Bedouin tent that goes up. I mean, it's kind of stunning. It's insane. And the inside is all like carpeted. It feels like a you're in an actual tent in the desert, but there's a 60 or 80,000 seat football stadium behind. It's uh, It kind of blows my mind. And yeah, the seating is insane. The, the viewing angles that you get from the seats, uh, everything is seeing. I was, I was right at the back uh, for one of the games during the Arrow Cup, and it felt like I was pretty much on top of the pitch looking down that the viewing angles are insane and they can get that many people into them so if you're a big football geek the the, the kind of stadiums are, are awesome I was I was really really impressed by them well I think we're all starting to get used to maybe the these enhanced viewing experiences if we look at SoFi Stadium from uh, the Super Bowl yeah. we're all getting excited about these maybe it's getting us also more to the play to the spot where we'll continue going to games after COVID kept us home for so long Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was good fun. I mean, those, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Qatar UAE I went to. I had the pleasure of going to see that at the Arab Cup and it was, I think, a sellout. I think it was the most ever uh, people at a football match in Qatar, I think, uh, because it's the biggest stadium. It was one of the biggest stadiums. Uh, the atmosphere was insane. Um, yeah, I loved it. It was it was kind of shocking to be in with eighty thousand people into a stadium after years of or two years of, of yeah Zoom calls and and nothing. So yeah, it's great that football's back. Yeah, we can't wait for it. I mean, these eight months are going to pass by like this, but right now it feels as if it, they're going to take forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I can't believe we're already pretty much coming to the end of February. It's uh, this year is is going by quick. Uh, it really is. William, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you before the World Cup. See if there's anything new, any more secrets you can let us in on. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, no, good speaking to you. A pleasure having you on. That wraps up another episode of the Mix Zone by Infront Lab. I'm Marav Severe. You can find me and the lab on LinkedIn. And don't hesitate to reach out and chat with our team about sports tech solutions or just last night's game. Enjoyed the episode? Let us know your thoughts on the podcast and don't forget to rate us. We'll see you next time. <laughs>